BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. The Bob Seska Show. Bob Seska. Eat shit, Bob. The Bob Seska Show. From our nation's capital, it is Thursday, July 28, 2022, and this is the Bob Seska Show on the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network. I will not be eating shit, John Oliver. Sorry. Oh, yeah. By the way, my name is Bob. Hello, Bob. Hi, day 557 of the Biden-Harris administration. 99 days. 99 days. You hear that? Get your asses in gear. 99 days to go until the 22 midterms. Find me on Instagram, TheBobSeska. Twitter, BobSeska underscore go. Our Patreon is BobSeskaShow.com. And sitting right over there is the Goth Ninja. Yes, the gang is all here. Jody Hamilton, Spicy Jody from the From the Bunker podcast, patreon.com slash from the bunker. Also, David Ferguson. We call him T-Rex. Hi. Hi. His music project is (laughs) astralsummer.bandcamp.com. Got a brand new single. I think we're going to premiere next week. Is that? Yeah, let's go ahead and tease that. Yep. Brand new single coming out next week. Is that an Astral Summer single or is this going to be a solo project? Oh no, it's Astral Summer. Okay, perfect. All My right. only other side project right now is a like gut bucket like punk band with a friend of mine named Greta in Hawaii, and we're called the Gender Repeal Party. Oh, I that's so great! Oh, that's so excellent. <laughs> I like that a lot. And we heard a preview of the new single, and I love it. It's got a great groove. Yeah. It's vocal performance is outstanding. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. So uh, we'll be rolling that out next Thursday, I believe. It really came together. Like, it's. I started on it on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And so you guys heard it day before yesterday. So how many days did I spend putting it together? Like Very few compared yeah, to like, how it sounds. I mean, it's a great and sound. And I got about six hours of sleep in there, and I'm just a little stupid today still from that. <laughs> so bear well, with okay. me. If you're like, what were you just saying, T-Rex? I'll be like, I, I don't know. Well, I'm stupid <laughs> every day, so... Hey, you know what? We got lots of great news today. Don't sell yourself short, Bob. You're pretty, plenty smart when you try. (laughs) (laughs) And I try so hard. You know, so many things to talk about today, and most of them, (laughs) it's one of those rare weeks, one of those rare, like, 48, 72 hours, somewhere in there, where it's nothing but great news from top to bottom. I mean, given the fact oh, that there God. are lots of still horrible things in the world, but there's, you know, there's... This means at 3 p.m. Eastern today, like, something will explode. It'll be in a mass shooting or something. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, you're just, like, so tempting to say, nothing but great news today. Just today, just right at this moment in time. We're just going to go with that. Let's just start future, the show. People in the future are no different. Let's start the show over again. 
I'm going to retract everything I said about all the great news no, because I think, David, no. you're exactly right. You're spooking me now. Oh, no, just let it ride, Bob. You'll okay. be fine. All right. So the, the first thing I've We're like got- halfway to the club now, and Bob's like, I don't know if I want to wear this. And you spent like six hours getting dressed. Yeah. No, Bob, that's what you're wearing. You're going oh, you to the know, fucking club. Speaking of appearances, we got to talk about this new Trump photo that's floating around. I saw it first, I think... Uh, say what you will about uh, the website called thehill.com. I know a lot of people hate that website, and they're not mm. the best in the world, but man, they picked a photo today to go with one of their Trump stories. That is my new favorite thing in the entire world. My old favorite thing in the entire world was a picture of Tucker Carlson that I have pinned on my Twitter feed. <laughs> it's a, it's a <laughs> really He looks like a toothless eight-year-old in his birthday yes! party. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what he looks like. Well, now... That might be replaced by the new photo of Donald Trump looking like a, a piece of brie cheese left out in the sun mixed with, like, bloody boogers or something like that. He it's look, it look, so gross. It is so it's disgusting. so aggressively moist. It's, <laughs> like, when we first connected here before the show, I was like, oh, my God, I got to send this to Jody and David. Go look at this photo now because... It's one of those things where, and we talked about this, I believe it was either Tuesday or last year, we talked about how if you live by the bullying, you're going to go down by the bullying. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I have no trouble whatsoever making relentless ad hominem fun of Donald Trump. Well, he looks like potato salad was left out too long in the sun. That's what he looks like. Yeah, and it was like some New York Times white people potato salad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like really shitty potato salad. He, He makes... Steve Bannon almost looked not like an alcoholic thumb. Yeah. Um, yeah. He makes Steve Bannon look as fresh as a spring daisy. In exactly. The I mean, seriously. He looks like a freaking wet fetus. I mean, <laughs> he does. <laughs> you ever have a hamburger and you put mayonnaise on it and then you put the ketchup right on top of the mayonnaise and it kind of swirls around into a white and red swirl? That's what Ugh. Donald Trump's face looks like, but yes. sweatier. Like, oh my God, the sweating. He, I haven't seen anyone and sweat like that. And nasty hair. Like yeah. The gross two long hairs hanging off the back of his head like he's either like an old folks home or he's like a toddler who hasn't had his first haircut yet. It's just like so disgusting. Just like uh, sticking oh god you yeah. horrible. Yeah. The problem with it we can make fun of Trump's appearance because 90% of it is decisions that he made. Right. Of course. Know, to yeah. like put on turd colored bronzer. Exactly. And, you know. Right. Well if you start to mock disabled reporters if you're mocking mm-hmm. women for their appearance or blood coming from their wherever then you know what? You're opening yourself up for retaliation for that, and it's Your well deserved. in the water, buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. I try not to go ad hominem like this on certain people who don't necessarily deserve it, but with Donald Trump, absolutely let fly. Don't feel embarrassed to make fun of Donald Trump or to retweet Ever. that photo, because I'm going to make it the avatar for today's show, because of course I am. <laughs> It'll be the third time today. I don't think today. anybody... Yeah. Anybody in our audience is sitting here going, man, I wish they wouldn't be so hard on that Donald Trump. <laughs> you know, like, hey, go a little everybody easier. Everybody here is like, finish him. <laughs> Kick him in the face. You know, like. <laughs> okay. I decided that we're going to start with the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which despite its awful stupid name. It is a stupid name. But then again, we expect that from Democrats to come up with stupid names it's for sort their of, legislation. Uh, what is it? 
oxymoron. Yeah, yeah. Inflation reduction. It's like, oh, our country's going to be so much more comfortable in a bra. Yeah, well, I'm blaming you know? Joe Manchin for the title. I think Joe Manchin wanted that to be the title. He didn't want it to be oh, Build Back sake. Better. In fact, he would have voted against it if it was called Build Back Better. I think that was part of his statement in all of this. But this is a gigantic deal. Let's not undersell what's in this legislation because the first thing yeah. right out of the shoot, and this makes me feel so much better because I've been in this place at least for the past... I don't know, 10 years, but most specifically the past year or so where I've been very doom and gloom about the future of human existence on this planet because of the climate crisis or what I've been referring to as impending human extinction, which I think is 100% accurate, by the way. So this legislation will commit billions of dollars to fixing the climate crisis to the extent of reducing carbon emissions by 40% over the next eight years. And given what we have seen in the past, which has not been great, but it's been relatively significant, this piece of legislation with this expenditure on the climate crisis is momentous. You know, they bill it as being, well, we're going to reduce carbon emissions by 40% by 2030. And you think, oh, 2030, that's, it's never going to be 2030. 2030 sounds like the distant future, like we need a time traveling DeLorean to get there. We don't. It's only eight years away. So over the next eight years, that's two presidential terms, more or less, there is going to be a significant reduction in uh, fossil fuel emissions here, in, at least in the United States. And that's a big fucking deal. So... According to the summary, Democrats said their proposal would raise $739 billion over the decade in new revenue. This is deficit-reducing revenue, which, by the way, makes the Democrats the deficit reduction party officially. Let's yes. not mince words yes. here. This is, I, I think, the latest of three Democratic presidential administrations where there has been significant deficit reduction over the course of that administration. Bill Clinton reduced all the way down to having a budget surplus. Budget surplus, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Barack Obama cut the budget deficit down to, I think, from $1.4 trillion down to $400 billion, which is a significant reduction of $1 trillion. And uh, it looks like Joe Biden's going to have the same sort of record. So that's uh, $739 billion in new revenue, including $313 billion from a 15% corporate minimum tax. Gone are the days Just that Amazon like and Google playbook. and, yeah, all these big corporations that make a billion dollars or more in profits annually are now going to have to pay a minimum 15% tax on that money. Hopefully there are no loopholes that they will exploit. Hopefully this will be ironclad, <laughs> fingers crossed. But the days of these mega corporations getting away without paying taxes, those days are over. Well, the smaller <laughs> businesses, the smaller businesses won't have to pay that much in tax, obviously. So that's that. That's significant, too. Uh, they said that uh, this would affect around 200 of the country's largest corporations with profits exceeding $1 billion. The agreement also contains $288 billion the government would save from curbing pharmaceutical prices. Those provisions would also require Medicare to begin negotiating prices on a modest number of drugs, pay rebates to Medicare if their price increases exceed inflation, and limit that program's beneficiaries to $2,000 annual out-of-pocket expenses. The deal also claims to gain $124 billion from beefing up IRS tax enforcement. So tax cheats, look out. $14 billion from taxing some carried interest 
profits earned by partners and entities like private equity or hedge funds. So all the hedge fund managers in uh, New York are shitting themselves today. The measure would spend $369 billion on energy and climate change initiatives. These include consumer tax credits and rebates for buying clean energy vehicles and encouraging home energy efficiency, tax credits for solar panel manufacturers, $30 billion in grants and loans for utilities and states to gradually convert to clean energy, $27 billion to reduce emissions, especially in lower income areas. It would also aim $64 billion at extending federal subsidies for three more years for some people buying private health insurance. These subsidies, which lower people's premiums, would otherwise expire at year's end. And that, of course, applies to the Affordable Care Act. That would leave $306 billion for debt reduction, an effort Manchin has demanded, while a substantial sum, that's a small fraction of the trillions in cumulative deficits the government is projected to amass over the coming decade. Well, they're they're kind of screwing around with the terminology here. There's going to be a massive reduction in the federal budget deficit. That doesn't necessarily mean that the debt is going to come down significantly because that's a much higher number. It accumulates over the years, the deficits, into the national debt. But uh, this is still a big deal from a fiscal point of view. This is still a big deal from an environmental point of view. Uh, uh, Medicare, health care, the Affordable Care Act, uh, the, the taxation on these gigantic corporations. This is basically the remnants of Build Back Better rebranded as this lame title, the Inflation Reduction Act. And so this is going to be passed through reconciliation. All they need for that is 51 votes. 51, yep. So <laughs> Even he, if cinema says no, then, then uh, the vice president can come in. I guess the parliamentarian is one of the last hurdles. I would say cinema right. is kind of a hurdle, but uh, she's a hurdle. She hasn't said shit, and she's an asshole. So fuck that fucking. <laughs> Ooh, I oh, I said my it. God. Wow. Whoa, spicy Jody is wow. here in Act One, folks. Holy shit! <laughs> Welcome to the she show. She is. She's a fucking. You know, <laughs> fuck her. I fucking hate her. It's Thursday, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome to the show. F you. <laughs> She um, is. Well, I can call her that. I'm a lady person. She may not need to say anything if the parliamentarian balks at this. And that's a possibility, although I doubt it. I doubt I they doubt would get too, this yeah. far in a deal. Wait, what's the rule that it has to do exactly with? Budget and spending. Budget. Yeah, yeah. That's a, but that's what this is a spending plan, isn't yes, it? Yes, a yes of course. Plan. So yeah. the parliamentarian has got no grounds. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yep. I don't think they would have. Uh, uh, gone through this whole process trying to cajole Joe Manchin without kind of consulting with the parliamentarian in terms of whether or not the thing would pass. Like, can you imagine all this effort to get Joe Manchin to finally change his mind on this shit and then only to get to the parliamentarian to go, uh-uh, nope, you can't do it. I don't think that's well, and, the case. And the fact that, that um, you know, they fucked McConnell over. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, on the chips thing, on the... Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, on the semiconductor Oh, poor Mitch. Somebody pulled a Mitch on hmm? you, Mitch. Yeah. What happened? Okay, well, I think what happened was they were going to pass this semiconductor bill, which would have subsidized the production of new semiconductors because there's a, a shortage of them a right chip now. shortage, yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Mitch McConnell wasn't going to support the bill if they tried to pass this new version of Build Back Better, the Inflation Reduction Act. God, it's a terrible name. So they vote on the CHIPS bill, 
It passes the Senate, and then Joe Manchin announces that he's going to do this deal with Chuck Schumer to pass the thing that he promised Mitch McConnell he wouldn't pass. So Joe Manchin ate Mitch McConnell's lunch. And the House is going to pass that bill. It will be law, yep. which will help. It's not, It's going to take some time, but it will help us for the future, for sure. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to pass this other smaller bill back better. So fuck you, McConnell. We're pulling your shit on you, you fucking piece of shit turtle yes. motherfucker. That's right. Okay. Go fuck a croc. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Where's that sound? Of course I have to play it. This is good as done. Yeah, yep. that's it. I don't need to play it. Uh, Jody, that was the best impression I've ever heard of a turtle <laughs> humping a croc. I think that Seriously. is. Seriously. Oh my God. Now I gotta make a clip of that. I gotta talk about meta. It's Jody Hamilton as a turtle humping a croc as Mitch McConnell. See? Uh, I feel like I just watched Meryl Streep's first Oscar winning shot. You know? Oh, she would be proud not of that at all. The French no. Lieutenant's woman. You remember when she oh, she was so good in that? Here's the actual turtle sound. I was close. Yeah. It's very close. We could like do dueling turtles. Dueling. <laughs> like It's when he goes when he finally finishes. <laughs> <laughs> Do they even have vocal cords? Like, what is that? They do. <laughs> the scream the of the turtle. That is the funniest thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God. Jody doing the turtle humping a croc. No, oh, him man. coming is the best part. <laughs> <laughs> Reportedly the exact same noise that uh, Lindsey Graham makes. <laughs> Strength. Wow. We're oh working my very God. blue today. We're working yeah. <laughs> and for once, it wasn't me that started it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, okay. Well, you want some more good news? I've got some more good news for you. Once again, we have to reference that Ron Paul gif where he goes, it's happening. It's happening. The Department of Justice is, uh, according to four sources and reporting by Carol Lennig and her team, The Department of Justice is, in fact, investigating Donald Trump criminally with at least one grand jury and all having to do with the attempted coup, the attempted overthrow of Congress, 1-6, and everything that preceded it between Election Day and maybe even going in before Election Day uh, and on through the inauguration. So all of this concern that we've had over the past couple of years, is he, won't he, is what, what's happening with Merrick Garland, why isn't he doing it? It's been underway. And I say this um, knowing— People were saying that all along. That, you know, the, the Justice Department, just because they're not doing press conferences doesn't yeah. mean they're not working. Right, right. Thank you. And yeah. we've been talking about it. I think we've been mentioning the fact that, for example, Peter Navarro, I'm sure the listeners of the show are tired of me mentioning this example, but Peter Navarro was subpoenaed in February by a grand jury for his communications with Donald Trump. We have, through this reporting, 
According to the Washington Post, uh, they didn't start their investigations this week, by the way, which anyone saying that on Twitter is 100% wrong. And so don't do it. This has been underway for a while. Justice Department investigators in April received phone records of key officials and aides in the Trump administration, including his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows. According to two people familiar with the matter, that effort is another indicator of how expansive the Jan 6 probe had become well before the televised House hearings in June and July on the subject. And of course, that's all immensely crucial, not only in terms of its investigation, but also in terms of public PR. So obviously, we're grateful for the 1-6 committee. But at the same time, the Department of Justice has been on this for a while. The 1-6 committee, however, is way ahead of them when it comes to interviewing witnesses. So I think DOJ is looking to get its hands on witnesses from the 1-6 committee so they can compare and contrast, look for possible perjury, look for disparities between testimony and so on to narrow down who beyond Donald Trump and including Donald Trump, uh, was involved in all of this. There are two principal tracks of this investigation, according to Carol Lennig and her team, that could ultimately lead to additional scrutiny of Donald Trump, according to two people familiar with the situation. The first centers on seditious conspiracy and conspiracy to obstruct a government proceeding the type of charges already filed against individuals who stormed the Capitol. Uh, we're talking about uh, uh, Enrique Tarrio. We're talking about the Oath Keepers and the Proud Boys. The second track involves potential fraud associated with the false electors scheme or with pressure Trump and his allies allegedly put on the Justice Department and others to falsely claim that the election was rigged and votes were fraudulently cast. So those are the two main tracks that we're looking at. In fact, we had already heard about the existence of, I think, a DOJ grand jury in D.C. looking into the fake electors scheme. So that has been previously reported, although in the midst of the garment rending on Twitter, a lot of us didn't hear about it, even though the reporting was there. I really hope that they come down really hard on the fake electors. Everyone who was involved with that, because that's exactly yeah. what the United the, the Georgia like state legislature is planning to do in this oh, next yeah. election. Yeah, is yeah. pick their own electors no matter who wins in the midterms. So like right, right. Well, we've got some additional news about that, and this plays into my ongoing theme of Trump and his inner circle being the dumbest crooks in the history of dumb crooks. Oh my God, this is fucking stupid. And gratefully, I'm I'm grateful that they're so dumb. Previously undisclosed emails provide an inside look at the increasingly desperate and often slapdash, well, that's a kind way of putting it, slapdash efforts by advisors to Donald J. Trump to reverse his election defeat in the weeks before the Jan 6 attack, including acknowledgments that a key element of their plan was of dubious legality and lived up to its billing as quote-unquote fake. We're talking about the fake electors here. Those involved in the scheme were quite candid in messages they did not expect the public to see, freely using the word fake yeah. and leaving little mm. doubt that their plot was unlikely to withstand legal scrutiny. The New York Times highlighted one email, for example, from Jack Willinchick, a lawyer who helped organize the bogus electors in Arizona. Quote, <laughs> this is amazing. This is fucking amazing. 
We would just be sending in fake electoral votes to Pence so that someone in Congress can make an objection when they start counting votes and start arguing that the fake votes should be counted, Wilchick wrote on December 8, 2020, (laughs) in an email to Boris Epstein, a strategic advisor to the Trump campaign. Thank you, morons, you stupid fucking idiots for incriminating yourselves with your emails. Yes, and now federal investigators have their hands on this shit. Where the actual plotters are calling their scheme fake electors. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. We're in serious, like, I remember the old days of morning radio, like morning zoo shows, doing segments yeah. like Crooks Are Stupid, where, the, right. where a bank robber goes in. Puts the note, right, like writes the note to give right. him all the money. On the back of his deposit slip. Exactly right. Or on the back of one of his personal <laughs> checks with his name and address on the other right, side. Right, right, exactly. That's these guys. <clears throat> They're that dumb. I can't believe it. And the real, you know, one of my favorites was the crook that broke into the people's medicine cabinet and took all these like, (laughs) and then like was just like, man, I'm I'm gonna lay down and take a little nap. (laughs) Oh yeah, just like asleep in their bed when they came home. Just like, oh man, that was a common one. Don't take the pills until you're out of the house. Yeah, and we've seen countless examples of these stupid idiots making mistakes. The Trump people just walking right into their own Mm -hmm. propeller, and this is maybe one of the dumbest mistakes. Where they're actually calling their shit fake electors. <laughs> and this is a well, serious Boris is such a, a, a brain trust himself. Oh, yeah. Boris Epstein. Yeah. Well, Angela Shelton kept saying, there's going to be a file, crimes that we did. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. That's exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if that absolutely Well, I mean, we got, the, we got documentary footage at this point that yeah, probably yeah. is them saying bullshit. Like, uh, so did you guys talk to uh, the Oath Keeper guy today? You know, I mean, because once you're used to a camera operator around you, you forget they're there. The the existence of it is making them panic, I'm sure. Like, oh, what did you say in front of those guys? Do you remember? Was the camera guy in there? Exactly. Was one of the producers they don't, in there? They're not going to remember what was said when yeah. it was just cameras around them because cameras are around them all the time. And so, I mean, it's like, oh, it's not only files of crimes that we committed. It's, look, there's film and videotape of it on recordings, and we're there. I mean, it's, they're that dumb. Maybe that's why Donald Trump, maybe that's why Donald Trump looks like a sweaty, broken toe. Maybe that's, (laughs) he's just up all night worrying about this shit, and thank God for it, because I'm, I'm so into that concept. His, That's it's I'm, weird. His face looks so small in that picture. And the rest, I mean, it's just, it's such a, ugh. It's really gross. Yeah. It's a gross picture. Yeah. Because he's not all made up. He doesn't have all of his, he's not painted up. He doesn't have his face on. No, he didn't put his face on that day. And you know what? When you don't put your face on, sometimes you don't want people to see it. Oh, it you know like what? fucking hemorrhoid. You know? Yes. <laughs> that reminds me of show business, which reminds me, oh my God, Jody Hamilton. Your mom on fucking Better Call Saul this week. You were wrong who she played, and I wasn't going to tell you because I I told people I wouldn't tell anybody. I know, but it was still amazing. It was a great episode. It was. Oh, she's on more. Oh, she is? Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait then. Okay, because turns out, and this is a spoiler, so skip ahead a little bit if you don't want to be spoiled about this episode. (laughs) 
Uh, she appears in the Gene Takovic timeline, like the post-Breaking Bad version of Saul Goodman slash Jimmy McGill. The black and white parts. Yes, but that is only the tip of the iceberg as far as what her role is and mm-hmm. how it involves Jimmy slash Saul slash Gene. Well, yeah. all I know is that, that when they were shooting her episodes, that literally... They would give them their sides for the day, and mm-hmm. they shot it consecutively, unlike you would normally shoot a single camera anything. You always shoot the same location, yeah. whatever many scenes are shot there. They would shoot them so that even Bob Odenkirk didn't really know what was going on. My mom <laughs> didn't really know what was going on until they got the script. And yeah. so, because she was in New Mexico for four months? Wow. Three or four months. Um, oh, during his heart attack. He had his heart attack a year ago today. Oh, that's right. So did did that intersect? It was with right her before being there? it was right before she was going because she left in August of la- August or September of last year. So it was right now, and I remember emailing her, going, "Are you going to have to wait? Because we're waiting to see how he's doing." Oh man, unbelievable! Um, well, but no, she had a blast working on that. She loved everybody. In fact, uh, the people she didn't even get to work with went to set. Yeah, you know, yeah, she um, she was so good, and it was like it was one of those moments, one of those like stand up and cheer moments. We're watching the episode, and suddenly there she is, and it's like, oh my god! It was like that uh, that gift that goes around of Leonardo DiCaprio in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It was like, oh, I recognize <laughs> there that. There she is. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, it's Jody's. Mom. I did tell you guys she did learn how to drive a rascal, so I was not <laughs> completely quiet. Uh, oh, that's right, right. And she does. Does she normally have one of those? Or I assume. Oh God, that, no. The yeah. woman walks. Yeah, are you of kidding? course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. No, I mean, she she loved working with everybody there, and even the people that she didn't get to work with that she got to meet. She was excited about that. And and uh, Rhea Sehorn, excuse me, Rhea Seahorn was on um, Seth uh, Seth Meyer show uh, Tuesday, I think it was Monday or Tuesday. It was Monday, and um, they he. Had, he brought my mom up because obviously it was going to be on that night. And so mm-hmm. she, she said some very lovely things about my mom. And so I sent that clip to my mom so she could see that. Oh, that's sweet. Well, it's, yeah. it's one of those things where not only is better call Saul, this groundbreaking show that is yeah. from every perspective of filmmaking, television, making, whatever you want to call it. It is absolute perfection. I mean, nothing is left to chance. Every detail is so well worked out. The story development, the character development, and then you you get this bonus of your mom, Carol Burnett, appearing in one of the final episodes of the series, and not only one of the final episodes of the series, but also such a good episode, mm-hmm. such a, a fun episode. And yeah, Lonnie was like, can we watch it again? I was sleepy. <laughs> mm-hmm. sure, honey. There's one part of that episode, and it, it doesn't necessarily involve your mom, but there's one scene in that episode where you're like, oh, fuck! Yeah, it's it's immensely like pulse pounding and yeah. I mean, you're watching him, watching the things that he's watching, yes. watching the person in front of him, and you're like, just just come on, yeah. come on. Yeah, so perfect. Well, congratulations to your mom and she uh, loved it. She, I mean, people so are like, nice oh, to she see she her win an Emmy. TV. I'm like, honey, you haven't even seen the other episode. <laughs> um, so maybe she will. We we don't yeah. know. It's a guest starring role, and it's a specific type of Emmy. No, but Mr. Odenkirk. Got to, I mean, my mom got to work with him, is how she puts it. Um, yeah, yeah. And because uh, uh, she knows Mr. Gilligan, he lives Vince Gilligan, up where the she lives. Of the show. Yeah, yeah. And so that's she met him, and she goes, "I loved uh, 
Breaking Bad. And, and that was, I think, right as they were starting Saul. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, she's known him for years. And so the fact that he could figure out how to get her on the show. And I know you thought she was going to play a different character. And when I heard you say that, I'm like, no, no. great idea, but no. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was fun to Computer speculate. Computer says, nah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's fun to speculate, but ultimately I'm completely satisfied with how she turned up. And yeah, of course, of course I am. And she'll be important to her. Yeah. The cast had to have been like blown away when she appeared on set because she is absolute comedy royalty. And you know, for the, for me, someone like Bob Odenkirk is comedy royalty. Because Mr. Yeah, show is. with Bob and David is like my all-time favorite sketch show. It was very influential when it came to producing my own sketch show. Mm-hmm. And your mom is the one of the creators of television sketch comedy. So uh, they had to have been knocked out uh, when uh, when no, she arrived. She had a blast. She a said royalty among was, royalty. Yeah. Well, I mean, and they'd all known each other for so long, so it was mm-hmm. a nice crew. Like when she got to work on uh, Law and Order SVU, it was what. 15, 16 seasons into that show. So they yeah. were very, you know, everybody knew each other for years and 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 Chris Maloney's dog was in literally she's being <laughs> questioned by Chris Maloney's character and his dog is sitting behind him and you can't see it on screen, but there's his dog, you know. Oh my so it was God. very she goes, it's such a family. I said, Well, mom, you know that. Yeah, <laughs> you, work with, yeah. you keep hiring the same people every year. It it's you know, it's the same kind of thing. And she said the same about uh, about the Saul set and she had a blast and mm-hmm. And um, yes, when she was doing the Hollywood Walk of Fame thing, I know I said it was because she knew Vince and loved him. <laughs> I knew something was up as soon as I saw those <laughs> pictures. I was like, oh, oh, okay. That's when I was convinced that it was better. Well, the Paul picture Saul. of her with the actor that plays Nacho, everybody's like, he's gonna hurt her. I'm like, no, he's not. He's very nice. <laughs> But it was a it was a great role, great performance, great episode, all She'll around. She'll be back. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. I can't wait. Yeah, that confirms some plot assumptions for me in terms of what's coming next. We've only got I what can't three say episodes anything. left. Yes. So yeah, and please don't because I won't. Okay. All right. Good. Because I'm <laughs> desperately avoiding uh, spoil. Although we are watching it the night it comes on, so it's not like we're. I have to. I wait the next day because yeah, it's on yeah. way too late for me because I'm in bed at stupid o'clock. And, um, <laughs> right. And so we we watch it the next day. Okay. If you're only listening to the free portion of the Bob Seska show on Apple Podcasts, etc. You're only hearing the first hour of the show. Guess what? There's an additional 20 minutes of show after the end credits roll at the end of every Tuesday and Thursday podcast. And it's all happening right there on our Patreon page. Of course, I'm talking about the Shadow Docket podcast at patreon.com slash Show. Or simply, if you're having trouble remembering all of that, it's bobseskashow.com. Same, uh, same destination, but two different addresses. Either one will get you there. It's a completely unfiltered, commercial-free continuation of all the fun and news, the Shadow Docket. And it's only going to cost you pennies per episode. Shadow Docket drops every Tuesday and Thursday after the free shows. And it's only going to cost you $5 per month. And you'll be supporting this fully independent podcast. And we thank you for that. Don't miss out. Again, it's bobseskashow.com. Bookmark it. Send it to all your friends. And we thank you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Bob Seska! Fucking song. This is a uh, great Matt Springfield and a song called. I feel like Pop this Life. is already huge. You know, like this is. <laughs> no, it I mean, should like, be. I know this. I feel like it's like. Haven't I been listening to this? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this God. is awesome. Yeah. This EP is amazing. I think I've played almost every song off of this EP so far. The EP is, of course, called Pop Life, and the song is called Pop Life too. This is the uh, radio edit, in fact. I got a link in the description for the Apple Podcasts version, or the Apple Music version, I should say. Because it's not a podcast, it's music. I'm just an idiot. Uh, yeah, as I said, link in the description, bobseska.com slash music to submit your work to the show. Yep. Great song for today's show, I think. Had some uh, fantastic news. It was rare these days. Okay, getting back into things. Uh, on our big Thursday show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, yeah, we talked about the dumb crooks. All right, yeah. Speaking of dumb crooks, John Eastman is further screwed. Yeah. The, the DOJ has a warrant to get John Eastman's phone as part of the fake electors investigation. So they're going to be going through his, uh, his cell phone to attain more details, <laughs> more evidence on this ridiculous plan. And in fact, the fake elector scheme was partly uh, about John Eastman. I mean, that was like his thing. Uh, DOJ has a warrant for Eastman's phone. This is from uh, AG at Mueller. She wrote, uh, recall the first one was executed by the DOJ OIG, lots of uh, acronyms in there, uh, the Department of Justice Officer of Inspector General. I imagine, she says, but I haven't confirmed that this is now the final step for DOJ to get his comms from OIG from the Inspector General's office. So this is great news. Uh, once again, they're closing in. The trash compactor is closing in, or is it, the dam has exploded. I think that's the uh, that's the metaphor everyone's using. So here's the, here's the dam breaking on the entire Trump cabal. So <laughs> you hate to see it, don't you? Meantime, the one six committee heard testimony from Steve Nuchin. And uh, Mike Pompeo is expected to testify in the coming days. And, and so now they're at the cabinet level, closing in on Donald Trump, where people are flipping on Donald Trump. This is great, great news. Among the officials actively negotiating with the committee are the former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, and the former acting secretary for the Department of Homeland Security, Chad Wolf, sources familiar with the negotiations, said... 
I'll be interested to know what uh, Pompeo has to say, but I suspect we'll get clips from this when yeah. season two like begins. Pompeo, and isn't Mulvaney testifying too? And I heard that Mnuchin, is, I mean, it's like a whole list of yeah. motherfuckers that are close to him. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and as I said, we're going to hear probably clips or see clips from this when season two of the 1-6 committee hearings resumes. I think it's in <laughs> September, season, season, two. season two. Yeah. Well, it is. It comes in the fall, so that would be second season, certainly. Yeah, and there was a huge it's finale. Put, it's yeah. season, well, but they only released a, seven episodes. Of the first, like, you well, they, know, what so they did it, was they did a spring replacement, <laughs> and oh, then okay. they're taking off for the summer, and mm-hmm. they're going to start shooting, and then they start releasing the new episodes in the fall because they've been picked up for a full season in the fall. Yeah, yeah. Well, here is my little bit of a lecture uh, in the wake of some of this great news, especially the, uh, certainly this new legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, but also when it comes to the DOJ's investigation of Donald Trump, they're now doing their job to an extent. And so it's important that we do our jobs too. In order to, and I'm not talking about relentlessly rubber stamping everything that Merrick Garland says. I'm not asking you to do that. Certainly, if you want to, that'd be fine. But what I'm saying is the clock is ticking on the Department of Justice. And if the Department of Justice doesn't have more time, Donald Trump's going to run out the clock because all he needs to do, ultimately, if we don't get our asses in gear and start winning elections, Donald Trump is going to get pardoned by 2025 if a Republican president ends up winning in 2024. Mm. So no matter what happens with DOJ, there's that potential on the horizon. And that potential can be thwarted if we get our ass in gear as voters in a democracy. (laughs) So if we make sure that we're focused as a movement, as a party, in making sure that either Joe Biden or whoever runs in his place, depending on where your head is in terms of 2024. Joe Biden will run in 2024 or his vice president, Madam Kamala Harris, will run. And so you just shut your mouths about all this fucking speculation. It's so stupid. It's like catnip. It's like, folks, first we have to get through 2022. Mm -hmm. You know, we have midterm elections right in front of us, like in our laps. So stop humping 2024's leg. Yeah. And trying to pin whatever you're, you know, this only proves my point. Mm-hmm. You know, you like fet your agenda around whatever candidate you want to look at. But like, it's, until you hear different, your nominee in 2024 will be Joe Biden or his vice president, Kamala Harris. Now, let's talk about the midterms, you yeah. know? Like, yeah. right. Well, merely speculating that Joe Biden isn't going to run or telling a pollster that you don't think Joe Biden will run makes it less likely Joe Biden will run. It actually weakens Joe Biden ahead of his possible re-election campaign. And that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so fucking beltway to me. It's so fucking stupid. It is. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's uh, I mean, And I just, it makes me just, and I, I feel like Elizabeth Warren handled this really well when Mick mm-hmm. Hassan asked her about it last night on the place where Rachel used to be. Uh, um, <laughs> she's there on Mondays. Yeah. Yeah, she is. <laughs> but That's it's true. Like the, it's like, a, it's like but, but dad only comes on certain alternate weekends now and, ha, mm-hmm. you know, like has weekend custody, but only on Mondays. And yeah, I just yeah. feel like my parents split up or something. 
It's exactly the vibe I got when she was explaining it to us in the mm-hmm. spring. When Rachel's like, I'm going to be here on Mondays. It's going to be fine. You're going to like your new school. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, the bottom line is, if you want the things, you have to work to preserve the things. Because if the Republicans suddenly have a trifecta in the federal government, both chambers of Congress and the presidency, they will repeal all of those uh, limits on carbon emissions. They will <laughs> repeal the 15% minimum tax on billion-dollar profit uh, corporations. They'll repeal all that shit. Plus, you know what they'll do is the first Republican president to come along will pardon Donald Trump, whether he's mid-prosecution or he's sitting in jail or any point in between. That's going to happen. So we got to provide cover. That is up to us. These guys are doing their job. Merrick Garland's doing his job. Matthew Graves' life is never going to be the same. He is the U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., who's most likely at the center of all of this grand jury activity. And so we have to give them plenty of cover. And that's our role in this. Lots of room to run. Exactly fucking right. I, I just, I go back to the late 80s, early 90s, when a lot of people started to speculate, when's Johnny Carson going to retire? And there were lots of think pieces in the entertainment press. Oh, Johnny's getting old. When do you you think he's going to leave at 30 years or whatever it is, 40 years? I forget how long he was uh, the late night host at that point or the Tonight Show host. Uh, But regardless, I think it was the speculation about Johnny Carson leaving that ultimately led to Johnny Carson deciding, okay, I better fucking leave. Because everyone's saying, I look, and then Helen well, he was 116 years old. Well, he I mean. was old, but yeah, it was ultimately well, they, that. You know what? The, with with you know the gossip in this town, his managers or and agents were probably talking about it with the network, and mm-hmm. it got out. Well, before we go too far down another Hollywood rat hole, that's just speculate. Like but the that's just, it's, it's an just, example. It's yeah, kind of what's happening to Joe. I want to say that I feel like one of the things that the January 6th committee has really done is really clarified what the crimes are, and how much was at stake, and how yeah. close we came to being in an America that we completely wouldn't recognize. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I feel like with, you know, 77.7 million viewers on the last hearing or something, I mean, it's definitely like whether, I mean, we mean, we will probably never recover most of the MAGA heads right now. Their poor little brains are fried, and they're just, <laughs> you know, right. just have to wait for them to retire or crash their little electric scooters. Um, just, I feel like where we really need to be going into 2023 and 2024 is with prosecutions. Yeah. People actually, you know, uh, I think it was, what was Mark Short? Like, oh yeah. Mike Pence's a, old oh yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to the staff. DOJ. Yeah. They're being, yeah. they're under grand jury subpoenas and talking. Right. In addition but to Mnuchin. I particularly liked what he said about Matt Gates. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. <laughs> he said Matt well, Gates. That was brilliant. Matt Gates is definitely going to prison. That's what he said. I have the quote right here. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Because I highlighted it. Here it is. During an appearance on CNN, Short was asked by host Aaron Burnett to respond to Gates' claim at Turning Point USA Student Action Summit that Mike Pence will never be president because he's not a leader. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, I don't know if Mike Pence will run for president in 2024, but I don't think Matt Gates will have an impact on that, Short said. In fact, I'd be surprised if he was still voting. Because uh, he's in Florida. <laughs> it's more likely he'll be in prison for child sex trafficking by 2024. And I'm actually wow. surprised that Florida law enforcement still allows him to speak at teenager conferences like that. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So I'm not too worried about what Matt Gates thinks. <laughs> yeah, they're just eating themselves alive, aren't they? And so on top of Mnuchin, on top of Pompeo, John Radcliffe, Chad Wolf. Also, Mark Short, who, by the way, is great in Only Murders in the Building. I just wanted to throw that in there. Um, 
No, that's Mark really Short. Decent, yeah. uh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Mark Short is going to testify to the grand jury. That is huge. Cassidy Hutchinson, we know, is testifying to the DOJ's grand jury in all of this. Uh, again, Donald Trump's got to be shitting himself. It's got to be happening, and I'm here for it. I'm ho- totally well, here to laugh that's been happening, according point. to Noel Kassler. I mean, you know, that's been going on since the 90s, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's quite clear, and this is, uh, I think, aside from the DOJ's investigation, which we don't know a whole lot about. But from a public perspective, Cassidy Hutchinson's testimony was the damn breaker, I think. I think that's what, yeah. Well, again, I was just getting dried off. (laughs) Sorry about that. Yeah, I did. You got the towels this time, Bob. (laughs) I warned you, this is a wet ride. Um, (laughs) Yeah, but Cassidy Hutchinson is, I think, historically going to be regarded as the person who is sort of, and I'm not the first person to say this, but she is the John Dean and, you know, Alexander Butterfield of this particular investigation. That was, those two guys were the turning points of the Watergate investigation. And Cassidy Hutchinson is the turning point of the investigation into Donald Trump. I think this has created a critical mass, a uh, chain reaction through Trump world, and I think it's given a lot of cover to some of these people like Mark Short coming forward and agreeing to testify, whereas maybe a year ago, uh, maybe even a few years ago in the context of the Mueller investigation, these guys would have challenged their subpoenas in court, but now they're cutting deals and willingly going in and uh, testifying, not only to the 1-6 committee, but now also to the grand jury in Washington, D.C. And by the way, we say the grand jury singular, but Carol Lenning has been saying that there could be more than one grand jury. Oh, sure. There could be the seditious conspiracy grand jury, and there could be the fake electors grand jury. There could be a third grand jury in there, too, that we don't know about with a question mark. These are all things that are happening. <laughs> it's happening. It's happening. <laughs> it's like a chain. It's a, it's, a, it's a franchise of movies like the, <laughs> the grand and the jurious. Yes. Seven. Right. You know, like, right. Yeah. Well, and doing his best to uh, distract everyone, Donald Trump, the whiny fucking diaper baby, is suing CNN for being mean to him on television. Once again, this is like the weaponization of slap suits, cancel culture. Yeah. Because he always says he's suing people, and then he never, it just like serves them a notice or whatever, and then nothing ever happens. Well, he's giving them, I think, 10 days to issue an apology, which is, by the way, that's the MO of uh, James O'Keefe and the Project mm-hmm. Veritas. So it was yeah, there. cease and desist letters are yeah. easy, and you don't have to do anything, and then right. if they don't do it, then you have to decide whether you want to pursue a lawsuit, because mm-hmm. then there's depositions, yeah. there's evidence, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of shit you got to give to the other Discovery. side. Discovery. Right, right. Yeah. And when uh, O'Keefe went after after me, sent his lawyer after me, demanding that I take down a couple of tweets that they thought were defamatory to James O'Keefe when I said his videos were fake. They, they gave me until, yeah, they gave me a couple of weeks to take them down. Of course I didn't fucking take them down. I'm not going to be intimidated by a fucking pissant like James O'Keefe. They are still up there to this day. And so, yeah, I, fuck him. I, you know, I'm not going to bow to that kind of pressure. And besides, my lawyer was like super stoked. <laughs> Charles Bowen from the Bowen Law Group in Savannah, Georgia, was so stoked to take up this case. It was like, oh, my God, I can't wait. Is this really going to happen? Yeah, I was like, it's happening. It's happening. Anyway, Donald Trump said on Troth Central 
He said, I have notified CNN of my intent to file a lawsuit over their repeated defamatory statements against me. I will also be commencing actions against other media outlets who have defamed me and defrauded the public regarding the overwhelming evidence of fraud throughout the 2020 election. Oh, for fuck's sake, old man. Put it back in your diaper. (laughs) Jesus. I will never stop fighting for the truth. And for the future of our country, he said truth, but of course, sometimes he screws it up. So I, yeah, truth, essential. And so that's, uh, that's Donald Trump's sweaty statement. Latest sweaty, grabby baby (laughs) attempted relevance. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck going after, uh, CNN CNN. and Time Warner, et cetera. (laughs) With, with your uh, lawyers, that, with his lawyers that he found on the back of the phone book or something, because like those are the only people who will represent him anymore. I mean, he, those he's, are the only ones who still have their law licenses that work for him. No shit, barely any of them Good do. But it, the thing is, is I mean, my mom successfully sued a publication because they mm-hmm. literally lied. Yes, CNN is not lying. No, they're not. So. And it's really hard when you're a public figure to sue. It's really fucking hard. It might get easier because of the New York Times Mm. thing that's going to the Supreme Court next term. But um, there's a reason that it's difficult for public figures Mm -hmm. to sue. Yeah. Because they're public. We, last night on John Fugelsang's show, we ended up doing dueling Saul Rosenbergs on the show. (laughs) Sue everybody. (laughs) I bring my shoes and my glasses with me so I have them. So I have to. Punitive damages here. Yeah. (laughs) Punitive damages. He pushed me down the stairs and my shoes fell off. They fell off and then I don't know where they are. Do you know where they are? Do you? Can you help me? Oh my God. And you know what? The hits keep coming. I've got more great news. But wait, more dings. More more dings. More dings. Coming up right after these words. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. This is Japan Van Dam. Nice. My favorite band names, huh? Seven Day Weekend is the name of the song. The album is called Normal Style. ReverbNation.com slash Japan Van Dam. One of the easiest band names to remember. Yep, link in the description, of course. 
also to support. Feels a little Tom Pettyish to me in a great way. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I want to be group, in a yeah. baby blue '67 Mustang ragtop with the top down, <laughs> driving fast. BobSeska.com/slash/music to submit. All right. So this is uh, another great story, and this dovetails nicely with Donald Trump's legal actions, his slap suits, his attempts to silence CNN because CNN was mean to him. <laughs> oh, there he is. Yeah, fart. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting really vivid, okay? I'm starting to... I think I just threw up a little. <laughs> All right, so... I do not like babies. Um, I'll preface God. this by saying, uh, a couple days ago, I was like 100% hawkish on the fact that Donald Trump is going to run for president again, and if he runs for president again, obviously there's a chance that he could get the nomination and win. However, today... I'm not nearly that hawkish about it. Finally. Yes. So, according to this report, the RNC has told Donald Trump they will stop paying his legal bills if he runs in 2024. Thank you, Ronna McDaniel and the RNC. That's a great story. Yes, an RNC official said that the party's neutral policy prohibits it from taking sides in the presidential primary. So, of course, they're not going to give Donald Trump money if he's running against whatever it is, 90 other Republicans who are also going to run. So they have to maintain that neutrality. Since October 2021, the RNC has paid nearly $2 million to firms representing Trump. So who's going to cover those legal bills? That's the big question. It has to be Save America PAC. But he's already Saps. blown through. What? The Saps will do it. The Saps. Yes. Save America PAC. Save America PAC. Exactly. I think the numbers, I could be wrong on this, but I think I saw the numbers of what he had and what's left over. I think Save America PAC raised something like $400 million. I think it's now down to $100 million. I think he's blown through all of that money. And so he's going to have to dig into that slush fund in order to pay his legal bills, but eventually that's going to run out. So he'll need to replenish that, which means he can't replenish Save America PAC. He can't continue to raise money for Save America PAC while also running for president. And now that the RNC has pulled that money rug out. furnace. I know. You just dump, I mean, Jesus Christ, the millions of dollars this man has burned through to no good end. Yeah. To have made the world a demonstrably worse place. Isn't that why the bankruptcy just, court put him on an allowance after all of his <laughs> bankruptcies? Because he's bad with money? I mean, the money guy, that's one of the great ironies that Donald Trump, this sack of trans fats, is considered to be like this masculine alpha male Rambo character, which is complete bullshit. And this whole thing that he's a guy who builds shit, that's bullshit, because all he does is take things that have already been built and slaps his stupid name on there. And then this other thing is, oh yeah, well, he's the money guy. He's the money, the man. money man. The money man. Should you America's business and happy for the safe New Year? <laughs> but he's not. He's terrible with money. He's awful with money. He's terrible at business. And yeah. so these are all the things that we all know that an entire segment of the population completely is oblivious about. They just have no idea because they believe his lies. According to a book by ABC News reporter Jonathan Carl, in the final days of Trump's presidency, Trump told Ronna McDaniel that he was leaving the GOP and creating his own political party only to back down after McDaniel made it clear that the party would stop paying his legal bills. He was going to form a third party, which would have been great news for, you know, the world. 
But Ronald McDaniel Jonathan said Carl no. is one of my my bugbears. That guy is so consistently wrong about shit. And the night yeah. before the the Cassidy Hutchinson hearings, he was like, "Well, this won't be a big deal. They won't be mm-hmm. pulling any kind of ju-. you know." He was like, "Don't expect anything huge tomorrow." And I'm yeah. like, "Jonathan Carl, you are going way out there on a limb. Do you have been as wrong about as many things yeah. as you've been wrong about as many mm-hmm. times yeah. as you've been wrong about them?" And sure enough, he was a hundred and eighty degrees wrong on that. And I just yeah. Well, he was really slow on the uptake when it comes to the transformation of the Republican Party from being, you know, somewhat fucking batshit crazy to completely over the edge now, Christian dominionist, uh, far right, fascist, racist, anti-trans, anti-LGBTQ, all of it. He's just now catching up to the rest of the world on what this entire movement is all about. Um, you know what? I almost forgot to mention this, and I'm glad I caught this in my notes. We got to talk about the Republicans filibustering the PACT Act. Yeah. Which is funding for health care for veterans uh-huh. Uh-huh. who were exposed to burn pits <sighs> while overseas. Yep. yep. This is a huge fucking uh, bit of awfulness from the Republican Party. 42 Republicans in the Senate voted to filibuster, successfully filibuster, and kill this particular act. And this is after they already voted to approve it. Okay, so the House had initially passed the PACT Act by a vote of 342 to 88 back on July 13. About a month after, the Senate passed the bill by a vote of 84 to 14. The Senate had to retake the bill on Wednesday, because the House passed some minor changes in its version. And so because of those changes, and because Mitch McConnell doesn't want to give the Democrats another victory right before the midterms, the Republicans filibustered the bill. Yep. You know, this is, I mean, the thing is, you ask someone like Jonathan Carl, you're like, he, he will tell you that, that it's tax and spend liberals and Democrats hate the military <laughs> and that Republicans are the party of fiscal responsibility yeah. in spite of all of the evidence to the 180 degree opposite. Right. That Republicans completely bankrupt the country, filling their pockets as fast and hard as they can the whole time they're in office. Mm-hmm. Democrats come in and try to institute some changes and do undo the damage and get us into like the black. And then a Republican administration comes in once again and like literally prints money, gets it cut and sticks it in briefcases and takes it home. You know, like fucking Mnuchin or whatever his name is. Yeah. yeah. And I just... And it's just, but still, you know, Wolf Blitzer's going to be like, why are Democrats so into deficit spending? Like, there's not, it's just. I know. It's uh, completely counterfactual. And I remember when the Republicans branded themselves as the support the troops or else party mm -hmm. after 9-11. You all remember that. That was the other thing I meant. That's why I brought it up just then, because you were talking about the burn pits. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, why do Democrats hate the military? It's like, have you not been paying attention? The last president just said it was a job for suckers. Right. John Stewart went on a rant. Rant, oh, rant yeah. about it today. Yeah, too, you want to hear you want to hear some of John Stewart's rant today out yeah, in front of the sure. Capitol building. Yeah, he let fly, and he does good. a uh, at the very end he does a Mitch McConnell impression, which is good. pretty good. <laughs> so here's a uh, John Stewart who's a huge advocate for not only the 9/11 yeah, heroes but also uh, yeah, but also uh, veterans coming back. So ain't this a bitch? Yeah. Yep. Ain't this a bitch? Yep. America's heroes who fought in our wars, outside sweating their asses off, with oxygen, battling all kinds of ailments, while these motherfuckers sit in the air conditioning, walled off from any of it. Hmm. They don't have to hear it, 
They don't have to see it. They don't have to understand that these are human beings. Do you get it yet? Do we see that these, are, these aren't heroes? These are men and women, mothers and fathers, sisters and brothers that we just let stand outside in the heat when they can't breathe. I'm gonna read you something, this, this is beautiful. This is a, I'm gonna read you something beautiful. You know what, I said a curse word and I'm sorry about that. That was my fault. Let me say something beautiful. This is a tweet from Senator Rick Scott of Florida from yesterday. It's beautiful and I'm sorry about the cursing and let me say something beautiful to make it up to you. I was honored to join the USO today and make care packages for our brave military members in gratitude, in gratitude of their sacrifice and service to our nation. And there's a beautiful picture. I wish you could see it. He's standing with a little package. Did you get the package? It's, I think it has M&Ms in it and some cookies. Get it. And some moist towelettes. I, I, I don't even know, honestly, I don't even know what to say. I've been coming down here 10, 15 years. I'm used to the hypocrisy. Christina Keene will tell you from VFW. They, she sat in an office with Mitch McConnell and a war veteran from Kentucky, and he looked that man in the eyes and he said, We'll, we'll get it done. There it is. John Stewart. He really good, actually. Yeah. That was, uh, I think, appropriate for yeah. what has happened here. Yeah. And no, I mean, hypocrisy barely begins to cover it, too. Yeah, what were you say, David? No, they're just like, you know, we're the gods, guns, and guts people. You know, but it's like, no, you don't fight our wars. Mm -hmm. You let poor black and brown people do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. uh, and you don't support law enforcement because, you know, when it's time to overrun the Capitol, you're going to hit them with bear spray and fucking spears with American flags on you fucking yeah. fucks. And of and course, it's uh, time to take care of our returning vets. You don't want to do shit. Right. You don't even want to like modernize their hospital so they can get decent, like just standard, like physicals and yeah. just regular checkups. Mm -hmm. You want to it just, they're good uh, for politics though. I mean, they're great for branding. But then when it comes to actually spending some money to make sure they get the health care they need because they're right. dying of glioblastoma from the fucking right. burn pits. They're right. dying from that. Yeah. Bo Biden died from that. At least Republicans are admitting that the only reason they like the soldiers is because they have the, like, the uniforms and they look strong. So, and they're like admitting they like the Nazi uniforms a little mm -hmm. better. Yeah. You know, because yeah. they're, you know. Well, and they, like, <laughs> they, they, they say they love the police, but then they defund them. Exactly. Well, and then there's that gangrel creature. Fucking Rick Scott, who's by the way a Christian dominionist. Rick Scott filibustered this legislation. Like, yeah, he just like he like. I mean, I, I, I get a very closeted vibe off Rick Scott. <laughs> like, all right, yeah, no, really, just think about it for a minute. Like mm -hmm. he's got that. There's a thing that happens. I don't know if it's just in the South, but you'll meet these guys that are like not just in the closet, but like in a shoebox under a floorboard <laughs> in the back of the closet <laughs> because Jesus is their boyfriend mm. and they have these crazy eyes, you know, and they talk about the savior and uh, the power of redemption and, you know, and they just are like cruel, yeah. money hungry, vicious, hateful people. And it's just like Rick Scott. I mean, Again, it's like, well, thank you, Central Casting, for making him look like Nosferatu because he's a 
fucking monster. He is a monster. Absolutely true. Senator and he's got that just that whole like shiny eyed like cre- like but yeah. everything is wonderful when he's you fucking Gollum. Jesus. He's he's you Gollum know, like, from yeah. Lord of the Rings. He's Does a horrible that make Michelle Bachman Bat Boy. <laughs> yes, right, right. Well, here's uh, one of my favorites from the United States Senate. This is uh, Senator John Tester from Montana talking about this uh, this filibuster. We have an all volunteer military in this country. If you don't think young people are watching what we're doing today, that are thinking about signing up for the military, you're sadly mistaken. And we don't take care of our veterans when they come home, they're going to say, why should I ever sign the dotted line? Because the promises that I made and the promises that the country made, only half that deal is being respected. My half. This is a sad day in the United States Senate. This is the biggest issue facing our veterans today. Make no mistake about it. If it wasn't, every veteran service organization wouldn't be out there talking to us and have been talking to me for the last 15 years. So we can make up all sorts of excuses about how this is gonna move money around, but let me tell you something, we're the ones that decide that. If we wanna move money around, we will. If we don't, we won't. In the meantime, let's pass this bill. Let's get veterans the health care they've earned. If it isn't, it's political malpractice. What we're here to do today with this policy, by putting this policy off, does nobody any good whatsoever. Uh, John Tester, right there. Yeah. You know, I was watching, uh, like, one of the things I love to do in the late afternoon is watch Hal Sparks' show on YouTube, yeah, Mega it's World fantastic, Live. Isn't yeah, it? there's mm. no better way to absorb the awfulness coming from the Red Hat Entertainment Complex than to, to get it from Hal Sparks because he goes through all of those videos Glenn Beck, uh, Don Jr., the Donald Trump rallies, all of it. And he picks them apart in only the way that Hal Sparks can. And it's so entertaining and so refreshing to experience that awfulness, but filtered through Hal Sparks' sense of humor and his smarts and all the rest of it. So we're watching this video. I think it was Donald Trump at the Turning Points USA thing this past weekend where Donald Trump was doing a lot of sir stories. And he was talking about Raisin Cane, the same bullshit, that he, same stories he always tells. Yeah, what do you mean? Your name is Raisin Cane? How is that? all the same bullshit but it occurred to me while i was watching this latest series of sir stories and it wasn't just one sir story it's a bunch of like he told the one sir story about how he flew to iraq that one time and wanted to give himself a congressional medal of honor because he flew to iraq that's a true story totally like doing the slideshows you know like oh yeah there was another time it's like he you know his one winning season Mm mm-hmm Right. Uh, yeah. But it occurred to me that what Donald Trump is doing with his sir stories is he's mocking the troops. He's mocking Absolutely. his generals. He's mocking uh-huh. the military. He has uh-huh. contempt for the military. And you can hear it in his voice when he's doing, sir, we need you to sit down because we're landing in a hostile territory, sir. And, and he's doing this funny or his version of funny voice mocking soldiers, mocking career military guys and women who are flying his fucking ass to Iraq and around the world. And he's mocking them. 
this party has no respect for the troops. They they use the troops as props yep. for their videos, props for their politics and their bumper stickers and their Lee Greenwood bullshit. That's how they use Jesus as well. Exactly fucking right. They have no reverence for any of these things. Yeah. They're exploiting them. It's yeah. exploitation. Mm-hmm. Donald Trump is mocking them. He's making fun of them. He's teasing them. And They're he props. does it all the time. Yes. yes. Well, that's. I mean, that's just textbook narcissism. Yeah, Everybody else is, is a prop. Yeah. Even your own yeah. daughter yeah. is a fucking prop. Mm-hmm. And it all is just an extension. She's just of a your... coffee girl, David. She's just a coffee girl. <laughs> you can hear fucking feeding in the lines from that grotesque uh, set of outtakes from January seventh. Oh yeah. She's yeah. Like, okay. Once it's over, like you know, just what. A... I'm having trouble saying yesterday. I, I don't know what is that it's hard word. Yesterday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say that. Like, you didn't want to say that the insurrection. I know, it's like a petulant little cut gesture. That was the thing that yeah. bothered me the most, his little point down thing. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah, and then him freaking out and pounding the podium and grimacing, uh, you know, just like yeah, a petulant little baby mm-hmm. trying to That's cover his ass. That's all he's ever been. Mm. You know, I keep trying to tell people that. He's a fucking malignant seven-year-old gone rotten in the socket like a bad tooth. Yeah. You know, I mean, just hideous. Mm-hmm. I think it was like Dave, what's his face, at the New York Times, Brooks, who said that, you know, all these people are trying to, like, codify and, like, make sense of his, like, motivations and strategies when, like, he's, like, you know, Trump's intellect is basically six fireflies blinking in a jar. And I'm like, no, that's, like, yeah. But I'm like, that's way too benign. It's like a yeah. hundred scorpions, like, fighting over a piece of rotten meat, you know? Like, mm-hmm. just, I mean, the, he has no... Nothing, no adult faculties whatsoever. No yeah. empathy, no sense of humor, no warmth. No, I mean, no even like sense of awe or wonder. No, nope. like the most beautiful the thing that gave him gave him goosebumps was a fucking piece of chocolate cake. Yeah. Well, did you did you hear Don Jr. talk about Ivana at the service? No. He told a story that I guess was supposed to be heartwarming about uh-huh. this one time when a chandelier got broken because that's normal. And right. Oh, God, it happens at every house. Yeah. Apparently, Ivanka <laughs> did it and then said that Don Jr. did it. So mom went to Don Jr. with a wooden spoon and started hitting him, you know, because he was in trouble. And she ended up stopping because she got too tired before she believed what? that he was. Wow. Li- this is not a story you tell at your mother's service. No, that's a horrendous story. And then apparently Ivana Excuse me, Ivanka spoke about her mother saying, yeah, she wanted me to wear shorter skirts. Who are these people? They're like the Coneheads. They're doing a horrible job at pretending to be human. Fucking monsters. (laughs) Yeah. Just crazy. Let's honor mom by telling a story about how she relentlessly abused me with a wooden spoon. That's not, that's not, that's just disgusting. And, and too bad for him getting hit and too bad her, his fucking sister lied about it. But really? Mm. We need, I don't need to know this information. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, by the as way, as much as we hate them, they hate themselves probably just as way much. Way more. Yeah. A little bit of breaking news here: the GDP fell zero point nine percent, which is not. Yeah, but what a was gigantic, it? Yeah. I mean, what was it though? I mean, what is our GDP? Uh, when somebody says it dropped point nine percent, okay. So what is it? Don't tell me it dropped. Tell me what it is. Yeah. Well, this means that it's zero point nine percent. Oh, that's like when I was waiting tables a couple of years ago. People were like, does this have gl- you have this? Does this have gluten? I'd be like, I don't know. What is gluten? Yeah. 
Well, I think and their poor horrified faces. Go on, I'm sorry. I, I don't know if I don't know if this signals uh, an actual recession. I mean, it's two quarters in a row that it's declined, but it's only 0.9 percent. Mm. I don't know if yeah. that qualifies, but uh, technically, I guess it does. I don't know. The economists will figure it out. <laughs> we'll leave it up to the uh, production room to figure it out that one. Because I don't know. It's the end of the show. The I don't job give market a shit. is still great. It's, People are yeah, still getting things hired. Things are fine. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know. Okay. Gas uh, prices are coming down. Shadow Dog it up next. BobSuskaShow.com. See you over there, folks. Bye now. Bye-bye. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.